Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast by the Denver-based public relations strategist at MNC Communications. We help clients from the CBD industry to nonprofits and beyond tackle their toughest communications challenges and protect their brand using our state-of-the-art tools and strategies. I'm president and founder, Diane Mulligan. For us, public relations is all about brand protection. We are experts in growing active communities, deflecting negative public relations, and building trust to help our clients stand head and shoulders above competitors. I'm Vice President Sarah Beatty. We're all former journalists. We've been in front of the camera and behind the scenes. We call our experience insider media relations, helping clients turn crisis communications and media relations challenges into opportunities that bolster the bottom line. And I'm PR manager Jordan Sherman. At MNC, we craft distinctive and effective solutions for your communications challenges. We call it our Move the Stairs philosophy. On this podcast, we share our best ideas for brand protection, crisis communications, media relations, and more. Let's get right to it. This week's Move the Stairs podcast. Today, once again, we're excited to chat with you again. We are wrapping up our February theme of relationships. I can't believe we're already at the end of the month, Diane. No, I can't believe it either. It has been <laughs> and we're live. Yes. We're live. Exactly. We made it. We are alive. That's the best part. Okay. So today we're talking to CBD business owners about which data points they should focus on for their brand protection PR. And by the end of this episode, you're going to learn specific how specific metrics can be used to help you refocus your public relations strategies as you continue to build relationships with your consumers. And as usual, we break this down into mini conversations. First, we're going to learn, we're going to show you about basic media monitoring and why it's important to building your brand. Then we're going to give you a real life example of why by working with traditional media to tell your story is so important. And, and we've got some good examples there. And then we're going to do a deep dive into the specific metrics that you should be measuring against for your brand protection PR goals. So this, this all sounds very kind of wonky and, and high level, but Jordan and I happen to love measurement uh, and data and analytics and all that. So we'll, we're, we're going to have fun. Yeah, we're going to do our best to explain it um, and, and try to um, explain it in a way that our brain processes it so that everyone tuning in, either in the podcast or live, um, everyone's going to be on the same page. And speaking of which, you, if you are joining us live this afternoon, we want to know, you know, how deep do you dig into data when you're shaping your public relations campaign? So um, feel free to drop us a comment. I just added that to the live stream. We'd love to hear from you as always. And if you're uh, listening to us on the podcast or on replay, feel free to comment anyway. We frequently check into our social media and we'd be happy to get back to you. The other thing is we have a free downloadable one sheet with every episode. So make sure you grab that on our website and move the stairs at the move the stairs blog at move the stairs.com for and get the sheet for this episode, which is um, our 10 steps approach to building relationships with the media. It's a great uh, primer for you. So let's get started on all this. Okay. So let's jump right in. 
Um, these are terms that you have probably heard before, reach versus, versus impressions. It's a mouthful. Um, and this is something that we talk about when it comes to media monitoring. And this is a pain point for almost everyone. Um, and understanding who is talking about your brand is really, really important for a number of reasons. Um, and for instance, you can get ahead of a potential issue before it becomes a much larger problem. So this is where you've heard us talk about before, you know, grab it while it's a headache, not a heart attack. That's where you can do that with media monitoring. And you can, you know, if something is going to turn into a larger issue, at least if you are monitoring the media where your brand is being talked about um, or where your industry is being talked about, um, you can get prepared and not be blindsided by something because that um, it isn't maybe the most damaging place where um, where a brand can get sideways, but it certainly is up there in the top five of um, just getting caught flat-footed and saying something in the you know because you you hadn't gotten prepared for it, and you know it's not just traditional media that we're talking about either. Um, obviously, the biggest number of eyeballs right now is in social media or what we call the digital landscape. So this is a number that Jordan and I, um, you know, over time in working with Meltwater, um, we learned that you get about 10 times as many impressions on digital media. So a story that's been published online and then... Um, you know, shared on social media as you do eyeballs on the original story itself. So um, this is something that we're going to go through today. But uh, if you are looking at reach versus impressions and you're monitoring the media and how your brand is being perceived, um, you can be, you know, you can get a lot of information about how to protect your brand um, if you're keeping an eye both on traditional and on social media. Absolutely. And you hear, you know, Sarah tossing around these terms, reach, impressions. It's a little bit of inside baseball. And, that, and that's okay. We're here to help you with that. Um, impressions is you know, defined as the number of times your content appears on a screen. So when um, you hear somebody say, oh, we have uh, 10,000 impressions, you know, every, anytime we publish an article, uh, whether that data is being sourced from circulation, subscriptions, uh, what have you, it means it whatever content you're putting out there is going to get seen 10,000 times. Um, reach is actually um, a little more dialed in. It's going to be the number of people who've actually seen your content. So you're going to find a lot of that um, kind of in that metric used in paid social media content or paid digital media content as well as you're working to um, you know, promote your brand. But I think it's important to know the difference between the two uh, as you're working on those public relations outreach campaigns. Yeah, it's great. Impressions, you know, may not lead directly to sales. However, if, if you're looking to cast a wide net with your brand's PR outreach, it's important to know roughly how many impressions your target publication or influencers have so that you can better allocate your time and resources, which is really important. And we know those are two of the most important things to every business owner and especially to CBD business owners. Right. So think of impressions as the metric that you use on the top of that sales funnel. So right at the very top, you can't really determine exactly who saw your ad. 
Um, but by targeting specific influencers or media outlets, you can research or you can make an educated guess um, about your future consumers in that audience. And this is right at the top of that sales funnel. We call that that leading edge awareness. Mm -hmm. um, are people aware of your company, aware of your products? Have they heard of you? Um, are they familiar with what your company offers? And so it's just that top level of, oh yeah, so-and-so, I've heard about them. And exactly. so the more... Oh, sorry, Jordan, go ahead, man. No, I was going to say, I, I totally agree with that, Sarah. And, you know, the more impressions you get, um, especially with a particular outlet or publication, um, it can be great if you think your target audience lives within their audience, right? So if you could have, you know, you could be talking to a million people, but if it's not your consumers, then you're kind of wasting your time. <laughs> so it's important for you to do a little bit of research ahead of time so you know who their audience is and you figure out, all right, does my audience spend my time watching this particular TV station or reading the local newspaper? Because as Diane pointed out earlier, time is money. And if you are investing your time in audiences that aren't going to see your product, you are basically spending your money for nothing, right? So it's really important. Um, we have a client who is in the hospitality industry. They recently opened a brand new expansion um, to their property. And in an effort to highlight some of those amenities, we've used our media monitoring software, that's Meltwater, to identify influencers, publications, um, some particular reporters who would reach audiences that would benefit our client so that any time that we put out a message for that client, we know that it's going to reach the, the ears of the people who they want to come up and visit or they want to come up and write about. Um, the amenities that they have at their property. It's really important to nail that down and really dial it in so that your message is being heard by the right people. Absolutely. Okay, so it's your turn in the comments section. So tell us, have you identified any local or national publications or influencers you think could help a target audience find your business and buy from you? Um, there's, you know, it's, it's really important. The other thing that I always think about is, in, if it's investors or if it's leadership, where do they get their information? Because if they can see something about your company, places that they go as well, that also bolsters the whole idea of why PR is so important. And don't forget, we have that free downloadable one sheet. Diane, I think this is one of my favorites. I, I know it's a recent addition to our collection, but it's uh, the 10 mm -hmm. steps you can use to get to know reporters on Twitter and really build those relationships um, and, you know, kind of segues us into the next segment. Before we get there, can you tell us more about Move the Stairs? What is Moving the Stairs? Absolutely. Move the Stairs means you take what life gives you and you make the most of it. So you don't whine, you don't say if only. It comes from a time when I was um, a, a producer and was at an election night and getting the uh, the the candidate first is the most important thing. But when I when I went in early to the ballroom where he was going to give his acceptance speech, I realized that the stairs led the stairs from the podium led to my competition. So I went up and I looked at those stairs and I realized I could unhook them and move them to the other side of the podium. And that's exactly what we did. And we won the night. And the fact is that we try to move the stairs in everything that we do at MNC Communications, as well as in our own lives. And it's a great philosophy to live by. 
And by the way, I just want to say happy 11th anniversary. Uh, MNC Communications is 11 years old this week. Um, last year, this week, we were in California producing a training workshop, a patient advocate training workshop. Um, and that was the last time that we all three got to travel together. But with, that was the 10th anniversary. So I'm glad that at least for the 10th anniversary, we all got to be together and enjoy that. But it's MNC's 11th anniversary it this week. It is. And we're so pleased. You know, we started in the depths of the Great Recession and now we have conquered COVID. So we're we're strong and moving the stairs every day to keep things going. <laughs> so let's talk about why traditional media matters. So if you're looking for a crash course into insider media relations, be sure to check out this week's blog or podcast because both are available online right now. And for the purposes of today's conversation, we want to highlight an example showcasing why your story is absolutely worth its weight in gold if you can find a newsworthy element and that's so important and that is why should the average person care that's what you have to think and why should the reporter care is also really important well we've got a really great example this week um I, a lot of people i'm sure probably have read this article by the um, editor of hemp industry daily kristen nichols um, wrote and published an editorial titled Make the Press Your Secret Branding Weapon. And, you know, as we read that article, we were like, oh man, she gets it, absolutely mm -hmm. gets it. And she explained the story of Charlotte's Web and their rise to, uh, you know, again, that awareness, because I think we've all heard Charlotte's Web. And I think a lot of people outside of the CBD industry have heard about Charlotte's Web because of um, you know, a, a local journalist article about how they were, um, how one of their products worked. So Jordan, explain that. Yeah. So for those who aren't familiar uh, with Charlotte's Web, um, Charlotte was a little girl and she was born with a rare um, disorder, a rare syndrome. And that syndrome causes seizures, uncontrollable seizures. And unfortunately, this disorder is resistant to anticonvulsant drugs. So when she was six years old, her parents and caregivers began treating her seizures with CBD. Now, they lived in Colorado, so it was legal here. Uh, many other states at the time, it still was not legal. Uh, so that was a little controversial, but they were very open about that. Um, and when they started to give CBD to Charlotte, they saw an almost immediate transformation with her seizures, of reducing from hundreds that she would have in a week to only a handful over the period of a few months. So a local reporter caught wind of this uh, non-traditional treatment and wrote an article and then it went viral. So the company ended up rebranding to Charlotte's Web in honor of that little girl and is amongst you know some of the leaders in CBD worldwide. And as Sarah pointed out, even people who don't use CBD are aware of who they are and what products they manufacture. Yeah, and you know, it's it's sad. Charlotte just passed away mm -hmm. very recently, and there was tremendous media coverage on that as well. Um, right. You know, when when Charlotte's Web came into being, there were obviously so many things that went right for them uh, in this story, and including things they did with their significant ascent. But the, the bottom line is, as Kristen puts it in her article, when you have a patient or a client finding amazing results from your products, Get those folks in touch with a local reporter. You can't make the medical claims, 
but reporters can share the story of your experience and your client's experience with no chance of government sanction. Sometimes these local newspaper stories turn into priceless global media exposure. Just ask the Charlotte Webb's pioneers. And that's the end of her quote. And I think that is exactly right on. I mean, if a reporter is doing a story, you are not making claims because the reporter is actually reporting on it. So you want to make sure that you take advantage of that. So the reporter wasn't trying to sell anything to their audience. However, the human interest portion of the story, and that you're always looking for not only the factual part, but the human interest part was something that to many was just irresistible. So we don't expect our clients to have viral stories like this on a regular basis. But we do constantly try to evaluate what stories we can tell by searching for a newsworthy angle and then the human interest portion. And when you put those two together, the intersection gives you just about a perfect story to pitch. Right. So tell us what you think. Tell us about a time that your CBD business made the news. And, and more than that, if you have been in the news, what did you do with that coverage? That's that's really the key do you just leave it in the news? Do you, I don't know, share it on your social? I mean, how many times do you take that coverage and what do you do with it? I see Jordan grinning because of course that's, that's <laughs> where we're headed in this discussion. Absolutely. And, you know, to keep people um, tuned into next week too. Um, wow. We're starting the first week of March. And with that, uh, if you're new to our podcast, we do a monthly theme. So next month's theme um, we're going to help you put some spring in your PR plan steps. So if you have questions, um, have a particular angle that you'd like us to focus on as we're getting ready for next week, feel free to shoot us an email, leave us a comment here in the video, um, and we'll, we'll be happy to uh, address that for you. But boy, on to metrics. And we left a little bit of extra time for this one because it's a little beefier. And I think this is where um, people can get confused because there is so much data available out there. It's really important that you hone in on specific um, metrics so that you don't get lost in the data. So we use uh, data-driven analytics from Meltwater. Sarah mentioned that earlier in the conversation to advise our clients on uh, their current and future public relations goals that we work with them on. But the problem is, again, there's just so many metrics. Uh, how do you choose, right? <laughs> how do you hone in on the most important ones? And from a PR standpoint, we're always going to modify you know, what's best for our clients um, when we're looking at metrics. But I think um, when we were putting this together, Sarah, there were three that stood out to me that we use um, almost for every single client as we're working on reports um, to really highlight what it is that our work is doing and their work is doing and our work together is doing to make sure that their public relations outreach is reaching the people that it should be, right? Right. So the first, because you're absolutely right. I mean, the first thing that we show in our reports to clients all the time is media exposure. Um, and this takes us right back to the top of that funnel, awareness. Mm -hmm. Are people aware of your company and what products it offers? Um, and then that helps us start to hone in a little bit. Who is talking about your brand? How often? How many eyeballs are in that audience? Um, is that audience your people? Are those your customers? And the importance, this is what's important here is that when you're trying to measure the success of a specific event, um, you know, or when you're tracking a campaign, 
So first of all, you need to benchmark uh, whether you, you know, whether or not you're getting the exposure that you're looking for, and then aim to correlate your exposure to your end goals. Now that's a lot of words, <laughs> but really what we're talking about is, um, is media coverage your end goal or is is it an intermediary step? And this is, I think, what what differentiates, um, you know, a strategic approach to brand protection PR um, from a just kind of, mm, you know, if I get a bunch of coverage in the media, then automatically I'm going to get a bunch of sales. Like those two don't necessarily correlate. Um, so when your event or campaign was picked up by two local TV stations and the local newspaper, but it didn't move the, the needle on sales, there's a really good chance that your audience is not watching the local news or reading the local paper. However, if your goal is to establish a relationship with the media, and this is what we call thought leadership, and begin to fill the trust bucket so people have heard of you, they understand how you do business, they have heard uh, about your products and that you're really transparent about your process and your products, you start to fill what we call the trust bottle. So, um, you know, the amount of media exposure that your brand gets from that coverage matters, even if your sales don't see an immediate boost. But what I will say is um, the way we practice brand protection PR is that media coverage is not an end goal it's an intermediary goal. That's the first step toward building brand protection PR and and taking that coverage and then doing more with it. I think that's such an important point too, because a lot of times you do get that thought of, well, if you know the story gets picked up, so we'll have a line out the door. Um, our inventory is going to be completely sold out. It doesn't always work that way, and that's okay if that happens. That's wonderful, but there's so much more to be gained sometimes um, when you're you mentioned in the media and they're coming to you um, for your opinion on you know what is happening in the world of CBD. Now, when they do come to you. Um, and you are published and your your uh, CBD brand is mentioned. Another thing we follow is what's called trending themes. So this little metric lets us, um, it basically gobbles up all the stories that mention your brand and we can set a date and time range for that. So if we were looking at a uh, particular event or campaign, um, we can make sure that what's being published out there in the digital landscape or what's being mentioned over the air, whether it's radio or TV, uh, is is on point to what our clients' messaging is for you know whatever that goal or campaign is or that event is. So, whether it's on social media, whether it's traditional media, digital media, um, this little metric helps us make sure that the keywords returning are what we want to be seeing. So, I think a really good example of this one here uh, is when we followed our. Uh, client, again, in the hospitality industry that we were talking about earlier in the podcast, um, they were forced to close due to COVID uh, and then were allowed to reopen. And when they reopened, there was a, a, a very large amount of media coverage. We'll just put it that way. And what was fantastic to see about that media coverage and looking at the trending themes topic um, was that all of the messaging that was being explained to the public was on point for what you know, we wanted to make sure was conveyed by our client to the public. 
there was messaging on safety, there was messaging on sanitation, there was messaging on masks so that everyone was on the same page and no one was getting lost. And I think that's just so important too, especially now that we're in the COVID-19 era, you know, we're in the era of rapid cultural change. It's really important to make sure that what your client is trying to get out there to the public isn't going to be misinterpreted, um, which could then potentially lead to an issue or a, a headache in this case. Well, and I was I was thinking about another way that we use trending themes, and another client of ours um, is in the agriculture industry, and they're they were not involved. Nobody uh, anywhere in this you know in the vicinity was involved in a listeria event. Um, 11, 12 years ago, um, but by keeping an eye on trending themes around the product that they grow, we can give them a heads up, hey, there's an issue in you know Australia, or there's an issue on the East Coast, or there's a recall going on something, and we can give them a heads up and just say, you know, are you um, comfortable with the, the safety messaging? Are you, don't be blindsided if you get a question like this. And that's another way that those trending themes can really help us um, get ahead of an issue for a client where it's not a specific brand or a specific company um, being involved in something, but an issue somewhere in the um, in the industry. And that's, you know, kind of like I said up top, that's where um, companies can get kind of sideways and it, it doesn't have anything to do with you, but you got to be ready for those questions. And that's how trending themes can help you um, get ready for that. Absolutely. They've been tremendously helpful for us. The other thing that we really look at is sentiment. Now this metric can be pretty tricky on the surface. If you take it at face value, you have to trust that an algorithm is yielding accurate results. And it's difficult enough for humans to determine context behind articles at times. So without investigating further, you may have some false positives or negatives. So here's an example of how we've used sentiment in the past. When we launched a campaign for a nonprofit client, the Hope With Answers podcast, we looked at sentiment to make sure that a positive message was emanating from our press release and associated me media coverage. Generally speaking, you'll get a lot of neutral returns, but if your message is being interpreted correctly, you're gonna get far more positive than negative responses. And, and that sentiment score is gonna be really in your favor. And we achieved that in the, in the case of the Hope With Answers podcast, um, and, but we check it every month. It's not just a one and done. You have to stay on top of it because so many things do change in our world so quickly right now that you never know where things are going to go. So it's, it's not something that I, I did this project and I checked it and I'm done, or I have this client and, and, or I have this product that is out there. And I want to know what people are saying about the product. Um, things change as we know, things go in and out of favor. This is a great way for you to know and, and have a heads up because you're hearing the chatter and, and measuring that on social media. Right. So, you know, let us know how you are going to use this brand protection strategy. Um, does this make sense? Do these terms that we're using reach and impressions and trending themes and sentiment, <laughs> right? I mean, we've just been inside baseball for 26 minutes at this point. Do, does that all make sense? Um, and does it make sense how we are explaining how we use this um, at a deeper level 
than just, um, you know, oh, look, we got some media coverage mm -hmm. or, you know, oh, gosh, we've got a positive or a negative sentiment or, um, you know, there's something showing up in trending themes. You can see how we take this information and really dig below the surface to find out why, what's going on here? You know, what, um, how is this getting to our client goals? So let us know in the comments how you're gonna use this strategy um, and if you have any questions about it. So to just briefly recap today's Move the Stairs chat, we have talked about those keywords that, that are, you know, a little bit challenging, impressions versus reach and why they matter. We have given you a real life example of how traditional media and leveraging that traditional media coverage um, can help your brand. And definitely go back and check Hemp Industry Daily's uh, article, Kristen Nichols' article from, um, I think it was earlier this week or, or late last Monday, week. Monday, yeah. Yeah, Monday. Um, really fantastic article. Um, and then we've also covered three of the specific metrics that we look at before advising our clients. And Jordan, I just very, very quickly, I would love for to have you explain why we build a custom dashboard for each of our clients. I mean, what what's the purpose of that? Like, why wouldn't we just have a set of metrics that we measure for every single client and then just repeat that dashboard over and over again in Meltwater? Yeah, well, everybody's goals are different. So we have to adapt what we're doing for our clients to reflect what their ultimate end goals are. So whereas some dashboards may be focused on um, getting into a particular media outlet, others may be focused on social media. So it's important that we're looking at you know, different ways to you know, measure what we are doing for the client so that they're kind of seeing the end goals that they want to see at the end of the day. And, you know, it's it's hard when you first fire up the uh, the software and you just get bombarded by all of these different metrics and you're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. But um, it, it's also important to take a step back and say, okay, how will this measurement help me? How will this measurement help our client in achieving their goals? And, you know, if you can figure that out, and I think the three broad ones that we gave as an example there, um, are it's just kind of the broad brush stroke, but you can get even more granular as you host events or as you um, start a campaign. Uh, if you have something that you're going to open or a new product you're going to launch for your CBD brand, you can really dig deep if you want to. But I, I do think it's important that it, it's not a one size fits all approach. It's great when you're measuring at 30,000 feet looking down but as you're getting a little more specific, um, that's where you can actually get into some of the more uh, hyper-specific uh, metrics to make sure that you know you're successful in what you what you want to be doing with your PR outreach for a particular brand. Yeah, so I think that's really important. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so thank you all for joining us for this week's Move the Stairs Friday chat. We are absolutely here to help you and help protect your CBD business with brand protection PR. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe us, uh, subscribe to us and uh, leave us a review. We'd love to see that. And we'd love to help you. So if you'd like, uh, send us an email, drop us a line, leave us a comment, and we'd be happy to get back to you. So be sure to join us next week for our new monthly theme of putting some spring into your step for your PR plan. And we'll see you right back here at the same time and same places next Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody.